0: A reading from the Gospel of John. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them as, and reveal myself to them. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. I'd like to introduce you all to our guest preacher today, which we scheduled quite a while ago. Um, Pre-pandemic, we had intended Rabbi Jay Rosenbaum and I to do an interfaith dialogue class on the island to bring members of the Christian and Jewish community together for mutual learning and understanding. And we had intended... Uh, to have him here at Emanuel to preach with us as part of that experience. And then, of course, the pandemic happened and we certainly uh, could not continue with our class, but uh, Jay graciously offered to continue uh, to preach with us today, even though we are in Zoom. Jay is a rabbi emeritus here on the island. I believe I'm getting his title correct and served uh, at the temple for over 17 years and has been a longtime Islander. And I will let him introduce himself a little bit more and share a good word with us.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Reverend Riley. I just want, I want to just push my gallery button so I can see everybody. It's not letting me. Okay. Ah, much better. Okay. So, again, thank you, Reverend Riley, for this wonderful opportunity. And also, um, I'm I'm grateful to Reverend Riley for motivating me to learn more about Christianity in the past year than I have in the past 10 years. And in the readings that I have done, uh, many of them recommended by Reverend Riley, uh, I've been very deeply impressed by by the depth of thought and the compassion and the sophistication Uh, And the and the goodwill of the Christian thinkers that I that I've been reading. Uh, The title of my of my uh, sermon today will be called God's Picasso: A Jewish Reflection on Incarnation and Resurrection. And I want to begin with a with a a kind of a story. Uh, In the Jewish tradition, there's a prayer that we say when we lose our keys or our glasses. Uh, or or anything else that's that's not of major importance, uh, and the and the prayer goes like I'll I'll quote the opening lines in the Hebrew and then I'll translate. Amar baruchu meir et Rabbi Benjamin said, all of us, all human beings, are in a state of blindness until the Holy One opens our eyes, as it is written, and then there's a quotation from the Book of Genesis. By God opened her eyes, namely, he opened the eyes of Hagar, and she saw a spring of water. And the reference is to the story of Hagar, who was banished to the desert with her son Yishmael, and she was, um, she was in despair because she was convinced that her son Yishmael was, was going to die of thirst, and then it says that God opened her eyes and she saw a spring of water. But the implication is that the spring actually was right in front of her the whole time. She just, she couldn't see it. She was looking right at it. Uh, and, and, she, and God opened her eyes in a way that she was able to see what was, what was right, right in front of her. And so the implication of the prayer is that we're, when, usually when we lose something, we've passed, we pass by it, you know, several times. It's actually right, it's hiding in plain sight. We're, and sometimes the glasses are on our head. Uh, or their keys are just in some places, you know, some place that we haven't usually put them, but, they're, but they're, they're, they're not hiding, you know, beneath the surface. And so the implication is that just as God opened the eyes of Agar, and she was able to see what was right in front of her, so may God open our eyes uh, so that we may see what is right in front of us, you know, whether it be our keys or glasses or something else. And I've, I've used this prayer many times. It almost always works i don't I don't know that it's magic uh, or or that it's divine intervention or you know, maybe it's just that you know somehow the prayer relaxes you uh, and and you uh, and you you see what you're looking for uh, what what um, uh, the implication however is not just it's not just about the keys uh, but the passage really uh it wants to get us thinking um, if I was looking at the keys and I didn't notice them, what else have I missed? What else am I looking at? Or who else am I looking at? And not really seeing them. Uh, So for example, I might be looking straight at a person who I've seen many times before, but not really see them. Uh, I might might be missing something really essential to them. And that's the deeper meaning of the prayer. And And there are several things that I love about this custom. First of all, the practice is a reminder to us that God is always close to us. Uh, We don't have to go off onto a wilderness retreat. Uh, We don't have to be great biblical scholars. God is available to us in our own homes, in the smallest moments in our lives, and in very concrete ways. In a set of keys, God dwells in the humblest of dwellings, in the physical world, and even in the humblest and unexpected containers in the physical world, like a set of keys or a pair of glasses. And so we learn that every moment in our lives is a spiritual opportunity. Even something as seemingly small and insignificant like losing our keys can be turned into a larger lesson. And this leads to a second lesson, namely, that something intangible can be found in physical form something which transcends that form, if we know how to look. There are two Christian doctrines that would seem to separate Christians and Jews. One is incarnation, God became a human being in the person, in the person of Jesus. And the second is resurrection, Jesus rose from the dead. What I'd like to suggest this morning is that these two doctrines about God reflect something about human beings, something about us. I don't pretend to, to be an expert in Christianity, and I certainly would, wouldn't be presumptuous enough to, to say what the, what the resurrection incarnation means to Christians. I'm simply reflecting very modestly as, a, as an outsider uh, on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a potential meaning. And you can tell me as Christians whether this resonates with you. So I would say that these two doctrines about God reflect something about human nature, a creative tension which is found in every human being. Namely, that on the one hand, the spirit needs to enter the body in order to fully express itself. It's true of God and it's also true of us. And on the other hand, the spirit needs to transcend the body. The spirit needs to burst out of the confines of the body, both in God and in us, we human beings. And this idea is found both in Christianity and in Judaism. We just get there in different ways through different symbols. So let me give you an example of what I mean. We're looking, we're in, we're in the art museum, and we're looking at a Picasso, and someone says to us, What are you, what are you looking at? And we say, oh, I'm looking at a Picasso. And the person points out, that Picasso has been dead for, for almost 50 years. But we'll say that Picasso is alive and speaking to us through his, through his painting. The physical painting is a concrete expression of Picasso's heart and soul. In fact, if, if, if Picasso could suddenly come alive today and we would speak to him, we would actually learn much more about Picasso from, from, from looking at his painting than we would by actually hearing his words. We might even say that the painting, this painting is Picasso incarnate. That is, the painting is how Picasso's intangible soul enters the world and achieves concrete form. And yet, it's equally true that the painting is more than the paint. It contains a spirit that transcends the paint and cannot fully be explained or contained by the paint. And that is how the Jewish mystics understand how God created the world. We the world, all the human beings in the world, all of God's creatures are God's Picasso's. We are God's artwork. We are the concrete manifestation of God's soul. God expressed himself by creating us. We, not just humans, but everything in the created world is the spirit that has become flesh. Of course, we can only appreciate this If we're able to look at the world in this way, if we look at a Picasso and only see the paint, we've missed something essential. We've missed the essential. By the same token, our goal is to look at everything in the physical world and see beyond the paint, to see the concrete as an expression of something intangible, the spirit of God. If we human beings can only look at each other, and see in each other, as different as we are, the, uh, the signature of the artist with a capital A, since we were all created in God's image, the world would be a different place. So for Christians, this idea, and more I'm sure, is conveyed by the belief in God's incarnation through Jesus and Jesus' resurrection. The Jews, this idea is conveyed in other ways. The Jew gets up in the morning and says, Mode'ani. Thank you, God, for having faith in me. We say, We get up in the morning, the first thing we do is not express our faith in God. but We thank God for having faith in us. Because the fact that I'm alive means God is investing in me for another day. Therefore, I am one of God's Picassos. God has created me because God has something to say in the world that God cannot say in any other way. That's why I'm still alive. Not only me, but every human being on the face of the earth. And if I want to connect with God, if I want to understand God, if I want to hear God's voice, if I want to connect with God's soul, the best way to do that is by loving one of God's creations. Because each one of God's creations is a message, is a piece of God's soul expressed in tangible form. For Jews and for Christians, incarnation and resurrection are both essential. Incarnation means that what we have to say to the world needs a concrete form. It needs a boundary. For Christians, the boundary is called Christianity. For Jews, it's called Judaism. We don't express love generically. We love the concrete we love through the concrete, we love particular people, and we love in a particular way. Yet our love cannot be contained by any boundary, it's more than the concrete. And even who we are, what we want to say to the world cannot be contained or explained by any one particular concrete expression, in the same way that Picasso couldn't say everything he wanted to say with one painting. And therefore God cannot say everything that God wants to say with the creation of one human being or a tree or or an elephant or a lion. So in some mysterious, wonderful way, we are more than our container. When when King Solomon in the Bible uh, built the temple, he pointed out that, uh, how is it possible to speak of, of a house of God? What God? God even even the entire universe cannot even the physical world cannot possibly con, you know, fully contain God's spirit. How could much less much less a, a temple, a church, a synagogue? Uh, and I and I believe I believe that what's said about God can also can also be said of us who are created in the image of God. And just as God cannot be contained by a statue, or even by the greatest temple or cathedral, uh, we are are the concrete container that cannot cannot be contained. Uh, our, Our physical selves, even our personalities, doesn't fully express who we really are. We'll always be a little bit more than our concrete manifestations in the world. The challenge for Christians and for Jews Alike and together is to do justice to both incarnation and resurrection. To be ourselves means to be concrete beings, spirit expressed in matter. But to be in relationship to love is to burst our boundaries, to see beyond the paint, and, and to see in each other the image of God, the signature of the artist with a capital A, and to, and to proclaim and we look at each other. How marvelous is the variety of your creation, O God. In wisdom, you have created us all. Thank you and God bless you.